You're listening to BCWPA Radio. This episode includes content that may not be suitable for children. to the cabin, friend. It's nice to see you again. February is a quiet month. It can also be a quite dangerous month. Hungry predators lurk in many woodlands, as well as the skies, holding on until spring finally returns. February, likewise, sees the awakening of a particularly dangerous short-lived fae. But in some places, it's the time that monsters wash ashore. Today, I'd like to tell you about the Lodzelunger. If you haven't learned about fur-bearing trout, we recommend listening to our story on them first. I'm Bally Raven. And I'm Lycan. And we work for the Ballyraven Cryptid Wildlife Protection Agency. BCWPA for short. With members from across the globe, we collect strange and sometimes unsettling stories. Discover what's fact or fiction. And share it all with you. Join us in the field as we research the world's rarest creatures and phenomenons. In the 19th century, Americans and Canadians began importing and releasing several fish into the wild, most from northern Europe. Within Icelandic waters, the rare fur-bearing trout generally laid their eggs among those of the brown trout. Found above instead of under the gravel, those who sought brown trout eggs accidentally gathered the others' young, identical in appearance. The unknown, unstudied species was carried away without notice. Raised as game fish or part of aquaculture, animals that had never encountered each other before were suddenly sharing space. Fish enthusiasts also kept multiple species in the same tank or pond, hoping to crossbreed them. Some of these attempts were successful. Likewise, New species resulted from the animal's newfound proximity. Because of this, there are many hybrid trout in North America. Tiger, splake, cutbow, and palomino. Fur-bearing trout are also hybrids. Like the cutbow, their hybridization occurred naturally, and they are flourishing hybrids. A rarity, these animals can successfully breed, the next generation able to bear young and repeat the cycle of life. Many hybrids, like mules, are wholly unable to reproduce. Unlike the cutbow, the fur-bearing trout originates far from North America, even though it's most numerous here. 
it is the result of interbreeding between two species of Icelandic fish, the brown trout and the lodzelunger. Born in freshwater, some brown trout migrate once they reach maturity. Traveling to the ocean, they enter a sea trout phase. Their internal and external bodies transform as they swim into salt water, growing larger and silvery. The animals have migrated, morphed this way in the past, and continue to do so today. A couple thousand years ago, their migration matched the spawn of another fish. In the North Atlantic Ocean, year after year, the shaggy and brown trout crossed paths. Breeding off the coast, female Lodzelunger release reproductive hormones into the waters. The chemicals initiated a frenzy of spawning activity in males of their own kind, and within the migratory males. Fighting against the larger, more aggressive Lodzelunger, few reached any eggs but those that did produced hybrids. With only a dozen or fewer fertilizing eggs each season, hybrid populations gradually rose. Over time, brown trout's migration and the location of the shaggy trout's spawn changed, ending their period of reproductive intermingling. Today, the two can still be observed swimming in the same area or even cluster as their spawns take them either inland or deep into the ocean, interbreeding no longer occurs. The fish's short rendezvous produced a community of viable, shaggy brown trout. They eventually became a distinct species, the fur-bearing trout. Losing many Lodzelunger traits and developing new ones of their own, the fish saw a temporary population explosion in North America before dwindling worldwide. Now, however, even they are more numerous than the hated and feared Lodzelunger. According to legend, the Lodzelunger suddenly appeared in our world and overran rivers and lakes. An invention of giants and demons the inedible fish were meant to punish humanity for their evils. Swimming and hiding among other trout, if a man ate this fish and survived, he would become pregnant, growing an infant within his scrotum. In nine months, the genitals would be cut to free the child. This, however, has not been observed in modern times, but has remained a part of Icelandic folklore. Separated into two species, the bearded shaggy trout and all shaggy trout, the animals grow thick red hair on their lower jaw and neck, or delicate, translucent fur on their sides and fins. Unlike the fur-bearing trout, Lodzelunger are never described with endearment or humor. They are reportedly strange and ugly. To our surprise, the organisms have no distinguishing features, besides hair, 
to differentiate them from the common trout. We believe their threatening nature and dark ties are responsible for their reputation, instead of ugly animals as usually ghoulish or alien characteristics. Fur-bearing trout descend from the bearded fish, displaying a thicker, vibrant coat. Both are easily identifiable in and out of the water. All shaggy fish, however, are tricky. Similar to the secretions used to transport eggs by fur-bearing trout, Thodsalunger produce and release a tacky chemical year-round, and theirs is toxic. Clinging to the body and hair, and transported by minuscule veins throughout the body, if ingested, the substance causes a painful death. In all shaggy trout, this toxin also makes their hair invisible underwater, because of the potential hazards of eating one, it is essential to check fish before consumption. You may do this by killing, rinsing, and holding them underwater before cooking and eating. As their body ceases to secrete the toxin after death, the washed hair will become visible. Thin, white, fuzzy tendrils underwater. Death, however, does no good above ground for identification. The hair being delicate and pale, it lies flat and even against the sticky body, completely imperceivable. Lodzalunger of either type cannot be eaten under any circumstances by any organism, with a few sea creatures being the exception. Throughout history, they have been confused with common trout species, moldy fish, and diseased animals, causing unfortunate deaths and fearful exterminations of trout. Documented cases of Lodzalunger consumption have exhibited a 100% fatality rate. Here are a few notable cases found by Lycan. There was a tragic group poisoning that occurred in 1692. The inhabitants of Graf Farm were found dead by neighbors around a table with a half-eaten, fully cooked trout. Then there were two brothers in a hunting lodge near Gustafan Lake. They both died with plates of trout on their knees. The last incident was the most notorious. It was the poisoning incident of Kaldrani Farm, where an entire household were killed by a meal of the Icelandic trout. Only one young girl had no appetite at the time and avoided a terrible death. The study of the fur-bearing trout has helped us understand the Lodzalunger and provide a contrast between the two animals. Fur-bearing and shaggy trout are often lumped together and treated as interchangeable terms for the same organism, which is simply untrue. Both differ greatly from the other. Aside from different hair growth, Lodzalunger grow fur as juveniles and keep it their entire lives. It is thought that the fur-bearing trout exchanged a permanent coat for growing hair all over their body. Fur-bearing trout rarely venture out to sea, breed only in fresh water, and no longer display red in their fur. These animals are non-toxic and have been safely eaten, though they were described as having a stringy, unappealing texture. 
Lhotse longer have much shorter lives than fur-bearing trout, living only two to three years. When compared to the fur-bearing trout, it is thought that their briefer lifespans may be due to more rapid maturities, aggressive mating practices, dangerous hatcheries, stresses put on the body by chemical and hair production, and their larger sizes. After mating in February, a third or more shaggy trout perish, either from injuries or overexertion. In the middle or latter part of this month, they are known to wash ashore. They are not scavenged as other fish, though, creating a foul scene. For an unknown reason, the animals continue to thrash after death. Even once their flesh visibly deteriorates, their bodies may flop weakly or wiggle their fins. Their death throws lessen over time, are strongest on the first day, and can last up to a week. Canines and birds never fall for this trick, though. In fact, they refuse to dwell near Lodzelunger corpses, sensing a danger invisible to others. In modern times, the number of shaggy fish washing ashore is less than 10 per year, a sign of the population's dire circumstance. While a lessening danger is typically a positive thing, it is sad to possibly see the end of such a strangely captivating and mysterious fish. If you'd like to learn more about these animals, visit the Ballyraven Cryptid Wildlife Protection Agency website or ask one of the staff a question at In the Field Pod on Instagram. A special thank you to Hole Dweller for allowing us to use his song, Departing Dwilland at Sunrise, as In the Field's theme song, and to the Ballyraven patrons who helped make the show possible, Madeline O'Dell, Layla Lutweiler, Rick Belcher, Kimberly Nichols, Ede Daniels, Anthony Ferris, Agus Mercado, Conjure Dust Designs, Claire, Cryptid Clyde, Tanya Downing, Julia Teague, Matthew Shang, Shelby Fulton, Donovan Scherer, Heather, Tracy Puckett, T. Carter-Ross, Ronald Miller, Daniel Berry, Michael Shang. If you would like to learn more about cryptids and support my work, check out Ballyraven on Etsy or Patreon for cryptid field studies and prints, and visit our website, the Ballyraven Cryptid Wildlife Protection Agency, for cryptozoological information. Do you have a story? Message us at inthefieldpodcast23 at gmail.com or on Instagram at inthefieldpod. If you like the show or would like to tell us what you think about it, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.